0: Welcome back to season five of Flop Stars, the podcast where we look at albums that didn't do so well on the charts, but found a fondness in our hearts. Uh, We've done Charlie XCX, Lord, Marina, all sorts of people in the past, but this week we are turning our attention to perhaps one of the most elusive artists. And that is Sky Ferreira with her debut album, Nighttime, My Time. And you might think, wow, I can't believe that was her debut album. And that's because it's been about 907 years <laughs> since it came out. And we haven't got another album since. We've actually only got one single despite <laughs> being promised the album basically the year, since since Nighttime, My Time came out. But. We're going to talk about Nighttime My Time. Sorry for the most convoluted entrance to the podcast of all time. I'm Sam Murphy (laughs) saying that. And Nick Kelly is with me having a giggle. How are you? Just watching you dig your way in and out of that intro. (laughs) Literally was like, oh shit, I didn't write anything. What am I going to say? That was amazing.
1: Um, I'm fantastic. I'm so ready for the return of Sky Ferreira. The only reason that we think she might be returning is Capitol Records are tweeting about it. People are pretty sure it, there was promises around April Fool's Day that there was a record on the way very, very soon from the label as well. It, it can't I mean, be let's not off.
0: beat around the bush. The single um, has leaked. That's how we know. That's <laughs> also it. That it's coming <laughs> There's <out>. also that. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually might mean that she decides not to release it. So let's keep that hush-hush. Don't tell Sky. Yeah, yeah. But we've got to be realistic about these things. And
1: the reality is... The new Sky Ferreira era pretty much exists now. So, what better time to go back on a record that is such a part of pop canon now and is so talked about and such an interesting one to go back on? Probably one of my favorite revisits of an album in quite a while. Doing this podcast, probably my favorite revisit since Robbie Williams' Rude Box. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Classic episode, our least listened to episode. Shame on, shame on the pop public. Do better, the public um just kind of, that's kind of the that's kind of the mantra of this podcast do better the public <laughs> <laughs> five seasons
0: just it's never our million. fault always no, yours
1: always <laughs> your problem um so it. run
0: up the numbers on sky ferrero don't do a rude no box it.
1: don't root box her can you take me back to when you were first getting around this album um what your impressions were at the time if you remember
0: Yes, I was a Sky fan from the beginning, like when she was kind of really stuck in the major label mud and working with big producers, working with big songwriters and basically just becoming a like homogenized voice in the pop community, which we love. We love our Rita Auras. We love our Anne-Marie's. But... Those kind of people don't make a nighttime my time. But there was something about Skye. She had this kind of punk attitude to her from the beginning where you could tell that she was going to make noise regardless of what she was being made to do. So she releases this song called One, which is an incredible pop song, but she's still not quite happy with the direction that she's going in. And at this stage, the label has spent a shit ton on her. That the album was meant to be called As If, and it just kept getting pushed back and back and back and back and back. So eventually, Ariel Rechstein, I think that's how you say the last name, um, who has now worked with Haim and he's worked with Charlie XCX, and he's he's basically just a great kind of alt pop producer. He heard one, <coughs> loved it. <coughs> Hi, Maggie. That's Maggie agrees. Maggie, Maggie. <laughs> she loves <loved> Ariel. <laughs> Did you love Ariel? Yeah. that he's now with one of the Heim sisters? <laughs> um, <laughs> so he heard it and got in touch with her and they started working together. At this point, the album was meant to be done, but Sky blows it up, decides to keep working on it, releases a song called Everything is Embarrassing, co-produced by um, Dev Hines, who at the time was having a moment with Solange as well. Mm. And Everything is Embarrassing becomes this just massive hit on indie blogs. And suddenly she gets the attention of the alternative critic, which is kind of your golden pass to release an album that could potentially be considered as a critic favourite. And I just remember the excitement around her and that song was so huge at that time. And then the album comes shortly after um, when she decides basically to scrap most of what she's got, goes back into the studio. The album says, the label says, I'm not funding this anymore. She funds the album with money from her modelling career, which she's lucky she can do that because God knows that's not something we could fall back on. <laughs> um, <laughs> album finishes in October of 2013, releases in, oh, sorry, finishes in August of 2013, releases in October. She's only 21 at this stage and obviously everybody loves it. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's not really my experience with it as much as the story of how the album came to be. Um, But I guess my experience with it is that I was ready and raring for it and loved it yep. from the start. But what about you? I was a little bit later. I was kind of when she was sort
1: of first popping on MySpace and coming over to... You know the mainstream mud, as as discussed. That's when my taste <laughs> was sitting in the world of Usher, Pitbull, and Kesha, and then Australian hip hop. Iconic, and that was the only music okay, I listened that's an to. Interesting. I hadn't I hadn't dived into alt pop yet, which obviously is my is my bread and butter now, um, and has been for the yeah. last decade. Um, I was I I only came towards her in my. Uh, Was it early high school days or late high school days? Yeah, it would have been late high school because I remember going to the Sky Ferrer gig not long after... um, Would have been not long after the album. Maybe a little while after the album. Um, But I remember... Yeah, I
0: remember that too. Yeah, at the Oxford Art Factory. I actually think potentially the album wasn't even out. That may be the case. Or was it out? I don't know. I just remember she was kind of a... There was a lot of buzz about her at that point. We'll do some research on that because I'm, I'm intrigued. We will. But that was. I could find it out. Man. I
1: can Yeah, if you could have a look while I, while I babble on um, Battle for Your Life, Babylon. I, I remember <laughs> my good friend from high school and co founder of my old blog project, Rory. Uh, took me along to the Sky Ferreira pop concert and was trying to get me into Sky Ferreira for quite a while. And I, I got it, but I wasn't as sort of... My, my taste hadn't developed to that point yet. And it took a little while after to really appreciate it. But the gig really got me over the line. The gig was something special. and
0: Well, it also got... Sorry, I've just looked it up. Yep. It was just after the album. Yeah. Um, it was in March of 2014. And I know way. that. Because of a very positive review written for flops, written by flop stars and music feed Sam Murphy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go, taking some little notes on your phone at the back of the room.
0: You know, just
1: yeah, there we go. Everything One is amazing.
0: Good few live reviews out there. Yeah, um, but I liked the show.
1: I liked the show, and I liked the pop star, and I found her very intriguing from the moment I saw her, and I think from the. She, I'm very fascinated that the record label stopped funding the sessions because she'd just done so many and it wasn't done. Mm. It wasn't ready. Because I'm, I'm intrigued when that happens because I know artists who need that to happen for them to actually go, okay, I've got enough. I've got an album here. I've got a record. Sometimes people just refuse yeah. to put out their music because they're constantly chasing the next thing when it's like, no, no, stop here. Let's put the pause down. Let's get this chunk of stuff out and then let's do more sessions once that's out. You've really got to... It, it, I'm glad she backed herself in the end because so many would just go, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, good point. I, it's it's time. It's-
0: well, to, I guess what she had was not what she wanted to be, you know? Like, the label was funding big producers, um, like, guaranteed hit makers, and then she would have kind of played them the direction she was going in with Ariel, and they would have been like... <laughs> we didn't like put all this money into you for you to debut at fucking number 45 on the billboard 200 (laughs) and make an album that's going to be enjoyed by a dwindling vinyl (laughs) appreciation (laughs) society like it was just not the vibe they were going for with her and i mean it's taken not releasing an album for this long for the album to really get its cult status but she's certainly not a mainstream pop album And there was no... There's no hits on this album. There's very influential pop songs. And she's become kind of like a reference point for so many pop artists these days. But there's nothing that, like, my mom's going to know, for example.
1: To have the self-awareness at 2021 to know you're not there yet with the record you're trying to create and to, to even have that awareness of what you are trying to create in the first place and be yeah. able to verbalize it to the point and communicate it to the point of finding the right people that you connect with that can bring that vision to life. To yeah. have that awareness so
0: young is it's so crazy, rare. isn't it? It's so rare. I was and you so think about- like unfocused and all over the place when I was 21 and still am. Yeah. but <laughs> How did she I have no idea.
1: I've never had any idea what I want to be, what I want to do, who I want to be, who I want to express myself as. Realistically, I've only worked that out in the last six months, and it's still not that clear. It's like, how are you doing this at 2021? And how powerful is that for her now to be 10 years older and about to release more music? Like yeah. the, 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 just the surety around it, and and perhaps that's why it's taken so long because she arrived at a probably arrived at a point of self awareness and 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 knowing who she is that was so ingrained in her, and she she'd arrived yeah. at that point. You it, you can't just release a second album in the same mindset and in the same no vein. You've got to reinvent yourself again, and ten years maybe is the time it takes to do that.
0: I mean, yeah, who knows? At this point, masochism, which is what the second album's been called for a hundred years. At this point, it's already a cult album simply by the fact that it's existed as like a a piece of dust for so long that people have kind of envisioned this album in their minds that whether it lives up to the hype or not it's always going to be have kind of cult status just because of how dragged out it's been but do you ever feel like a piece of (laughs) dust floating through the wind your singing is beautiful today thank Thank you for treating us with it you've really got unlocked a talent but you can't you can't do that with the second album like people are not going to care if the first album's not good and people definitely cared i just listening back to this album it's if somebody told me it was released last week i would have believed it it sits like it's it's just really in that pocket right now of everybody doing this like 80s lo-fi thing i actually none of the songs have aged at all to me
1: no nah, it's it's got the muna it's got the it's the muna of it all the meaner of it all. Should we see how it stacks up against its contemporaries with a little song game?
0: Yeah, let's do it. So this week we're going to put it up against a crew that I've called The Disappearers. So these are people (laughs) who release an album and then disappear for a lot of time um, in true Sky (laughs) Ferreira fashion. (laughs) So Sky vs. The Disappearers, which would be a great album. Why are you
1: adding an extra er
0: to it? The Disappearers. Oh yeah, that works that? too. Well, yeah. that actually is the only thing that works. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, we can't do two now. We're doing two podcasts in one sitting, and we're by the time we get to Flop Stars, we've lost our minds, um, like our brains. <laughs> okay, so the first one is everything is embarrassing versus Lost by Frank Ocean. Well,
1: that's just rude. It that's rude. just, that's just a Why rude. You gotta
0: be so rude?
1: Um, very very difficult one because obviously everything is embarrassing. I feel I don't know about you, but like it, it's kind of the centerpiece of the record for me. Even though it sits at the very end, it's yeah. sort of like it's very centerpiecey for me. And it kind of ties everything together. Well, in that it's line.
0: still kind of a trademark track, I would say.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like, it ties her together, not just the record. Because obviously this is the record. Oh, so um, that's
0: why she's not releasing it often. Because she's tied up by everything is <laughs> embarrassing. It's just all locked.
1: All locked up. <laughs> um, but Lost is my kryptonite. That song just gets me every time. Yeah. And so it's so hard to, to balance the two. And I kind of, you know, I think we all became kind of Frank fans around the same time as we became Sky fans. And f- for me, as soon as you hear the first kind of do-do-do of Lost, yeah. I'm back there. I'm back where I was. So I'm actually going to go with Lost for this.
0: Yeah. This is so hard for me because everything is embarrassing And Losing You by Solange were the two songs that kind of made me really invested in pop production and like really dig deeper and kind of really get interested in it. And I know they're kind of like alternative pop leading, but it led me like further into the mainstream to really pick apart songs and appreciate it. And then Lost by Frank Ocean was the song that just like made me so excited about music and made me really know that i was gonna in some way like dissect music for the rest of my life that both of the songs are so fundamental to me um but everything is embarrassing is just like right up there in my maybe top 20 favorite songs of all time i just love how it's like it's basically a disguised banger like if it wasn't If it was produced pristinely, like if Max Martin got his hands on it, it would be a massive freaking hit. But like Blood Orange has taken it into this like really weird drum loop space, like that production style that he was doing at the time. And as a result, it's kind of really off-putting and like disconcerting a little bit, which which is weird for a pop song to feel so familiar and still so uncomfortable at the same time. So I've got to go with Everything is Embarrassing, but both these songs are top tier.
1: I'm really intrigued. Dev was really kind of crafting at this time just this legion of songs that absolutely last the test of time.
0: Literally. So like good. Like timeless,
1: timeless stuff when you think about it. And, and Malay with the Frank stuff as well was was definitely doing... A very similar thing, crafting stuff that just will absolutely last. But just, uh, just thinking about like like thinking about the Solange stuff as well. I'm like, there was something really magic in the water going on at that point. What's
0: crazy about it? It's it's literally just a little (coughs) drum beat most of the time. Yeah, with like a with a phenomenal melody over it. Yeah, and it just works so well. Incredible stuff. Okay, you're not the one. Versus Rihanna's Kiss It Better off an album yeah. that we still haven't got a follow-up to. <laughs> and maybe we'll never.
1: Rihanna really is the Sky Ferreira of our generation, is she not. <laughs> Sky <laughs> Ferreira is, no is the Sky Ferreira of our generation, <laughs> <Yes>.
0: so <laughs> Don't take that title away from her. She's not even Sky Ferreira.
1: <laughs> Sky Ferreira is the thinking man's Rihanna. If That's you really think true. about it. That's it's
0: true. true. <laughs> Thinking man in inverted commas, I would yeah, say. In,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the esteemed scholars, Guy Ferreira. <laughs> um This is an, another hard one, and you've made them all very hard this week. And I will preface that the song games are prepped by Sam, so this is all on Sam if yeah. they're difficult to unpack. I mean, okay, let's look at "Kiss It Better." Is like I love that. I love it. I love it. Is it my favorite wee- Rihanna song? Wee- No, is it my favorite song of that rihanna era no do i look at you're not the one as one of my favorite sky songs yes so i think i just think it's got i just think sky wins here for me it just kiss it better is iconic but it, it doesn't hit as much doesn't hit as much as you're not the one does
0: Yeah, I think I agree with everything you're saying, actually. I love Kiss It Better. Love, 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 love it. Um, But You're Not The One. It's such an anthem. Like, if it was released in the 80s, I feel like it genuinely would have been like a blondie sized hit you know like that's what
1: i thought i thought katrina in the
0: waves (laughs) i love that but you know that chorus is just like fist in the air kind of stuff you know and it just goes hard from start to finish like again the confidence of a 20 year old 21 year old to make an anthem like that (laughs) it's basically just like fuck off you're not the one is is so good and Not to, like, put down Kiss It Better at all, because, again, it's a top-tier song off a top-tier album. But You're Not The One Wins This for me, again. So Two for Sky for me. It's almost like I've got to either take out the fact
1: that she was 21 or all these songs will just win by default, Because that's such impressive awareness. Or I've got to really own in on that and put a big 21 sign up on the wall in front of me to know that, to remind myself that she was 21 writing all all these records because you're, yeah, you're you're exactly right. That's um, why for
0: the next one we're putting her up against Sophia Grace's song that she released when she was 11. (laughs) So you don't have that excuse.
1: (laughs) Or we're going to put it up against Willow with my name. Willow,
0: that was the other one I was going to (laughs) say. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, Park, actually, Park Willow for a future flop stars, I think. I think we've said that before. Let's Park Willow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I think we should do the most recent record. Yes. All right, next one. Next one. Sorry, just taking a sip of water. I'm getting overexcited. Yeah. Uh, 24 Hours by Sky Ferreira. Versus Robin's Honey, also off her last album that they have a follow up to.
1: Again, this is very, very difficult because obviously, Honey, there, there was such a high expectation on Robin with the last album because obviously of, the, of what she set up for herself, the expectations she set up over 20 yeah. years of releasing some of the most iconic pop music ever. Um, 24 Hours was my... Fa- that was the song at the gig that got me over the line, I remember. Yeah. That, was, that was the one where I was like, oh... Oh, wow. Okay. And then going back on that the other day, like it was a very visceral experience to hear that song again. Um, Yeah. Wasn't it listening to
0: the whole album? Because I haven't revisited it for so long. And I was like, every song, I was like, holy. I was straight back there. And I was straight back to, it's so funny, because I was
1: thinking about all those themes of like the self-awareness and the knowing who you are and identity and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit. Like A, when I was 21, but B, when I was 16, when the record came out. um, Yeah. Like just the difference in the human that i am is just quite remarkable to think about um but back to well back done. to the top thanks so much yeah it was a good a little deep dive little self-therapy <laughs> session um <laughs> i think like i love honey and i think robin really did meet the mark to the conversation we were just having like i think she did yeah. meet the mark with the record but um yeah 24 hours again just how did she do that <laughs>
0: yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, Yeah, I put these two songs together because I think they both capture a certain euphoria. 24 Hours being that like stuck in a moment that you never want to end. Honey really zoning on a particular moment. I think a a sexual moment, but it's euphoria nonetheless. But they both do it in extremely different ways. 24 Hours is like very synth heavy, very jubilant in the way it's um, the way it's produced and also kind of has an urgency to it, whereas Honey really takes its time, um, expands over the course of, like, a pretty glorious four minutes and comes to this really subtle but um, incredible climax. Honey is one of my favourite songs of all time, I think. So I am going with Honey, but 24 Hours wow. is one of my favourite songs on the album. I just think Honey is just so so expertly produced and the fact that she like put it it was in girls in a different form and people still want that version and that version was very pop focused and very like melody first and then she just completely changed it for the album and made it this slow burn of a song that just gets better and better and better and better and honestly when i saw it live it just gave me this like like, my stomach just crumbled when I heard it, which is when you know that there's something really special to it. Um, yeah. So I've got to go Honey because it's, it's very close to me, but 24 Hours is supreme as well. Honestly, all these songs are so good.
1: This has been a very personal song game for you so far, I'm noticing.
0: It has. has well, been... I think this album came at a very formative time for my musical music taste, which it did for you as well because it took you out of your Usher V um, Australian hip-hop Phase,
1: yeah, my Usher versus uh, Earthboy phase. I <laughs> <laughs> was in. But but yeah, I guess so I niche. was young
0: enough to like really. I guess Sky is probably a similar age to me. Um, yeah, she's thirty. She's
1: thirty-seven. So yeah, same age as you.
0: Yeah, and I guess it was the first time that I really. <laughs> She's... T- I heard... I just got that late. I connected to it late. She's fucking 29. She's born in the same year as me. So, she is the same age as me. And we're not 37. I'm very sensitive about my age. I just turned 30. You nearly, you nearly missed <laughs> I nearly glossed I- over it. I'm not letting you. <laughs> I refuse to be bullied and belittled. I, I, I chose the perfect age as well. Because it was just like... It's still 30s. 30. 37. I just didn't even think about it. Yeah. Well... Sky and I are turning 30 this year and we're very proud of it.
1: <laughs> I'm so happy with that gag. By the way, I'm not being ageist. It's just kind of funny sometimes to say that someone's six years older than they are. It's, it's comical. Um, it is comical. Know, it's a good Age is but a number. You've <laughs> it's a good bit. Final one in the song game because we're running out of time. <laughs> we, we are on. running out
0: of time as per. I'm
1: cancelling my game this
0: week, I've decided. Okay. It's it got anonymous camels with. just deleted it from the run sheet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next one is I Blame Myself you know like versus Sober by Lord. Lord typically loves a good four or five years in between an album. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's probably one of the least disappearing of the disappearers, but um still di- definitely disappears. She definitely dips. Sad not yeah. so yeah. to see Ed Sheeran on this list, you know, he likes a good like, sort of like two years off. Yeah, I was between thinking Red Ariana Rose.
0: Grande. She like oh, she yeah. loves to leave a good week and a half between releases. <laughs> Until now. Until now. Until now where she's where is she She's at um, her brother's okay. wedding. Star Wars themed wedding, which sounds fucking horrendous. <laughs> is that Yes, he got married in a a Star Wars Wars themed wedding. Yeah, well, he's had it. No.
1: No. No. Yeah, I know. Can you
0: imagine? No. it's not. Makes me sick. Anyway. um... Anyway. (laughs) 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 All right, buzz through Um, this. Just give me a a sentence and an answer.
1: I've been looking forward to this one because I Blame Myself is, and and not to preface the best and worst songs and score out of 10, but it's my favourite song on the album. And it's my favourite Sky song. I Blame Myself.
0: I wow! Think it's,
1: yeah, I just think it's so it's so honest but loud at the same time, and I, and I like the I like the meeting place of that. Um, yeah. Sobar is uh, you know my thoughts on that Lord record. I'm not the, I don't think it's the it's worth the hype. It's it's been given. We revisited. The, Da-da-da-da. oh, I hate Lord. No, I I <laughs> I've, I've got a lot of lo- I I, lo- I have a lot of love for this song. Um, and it's it's definitely one of my my Lord sort of go-tos but I blame myself just again listening to that yesterday I nearly cried It was like oh okay wow I love that I'm back here I'm back here gosh we're so emotional this week I know um well Mercury's about to go back into retrograde it could have something to do with that so for me it's another Sky win which makes it three Sky wins one not Sky win what about you
0: um also love I blame myself great song The reason these two are together is I feel like Lord and um, Sky were kind of operating at a similar age when they released these. And they were kind of in that phase where you're either, like, the strongest person in the world or you just want to, like, destroy yourself in some way. Yep. And I think um, Sober's kind of out looking for trouble. And I Blame Myself is very in the self-destructive phase as well. So, um, this is hard. It is hard. You know, I just... I love sober. I feel uh, I feel like I've just gotta go with sober and I can't even give an explanation. I'm just gonna do it. No,
1: nah, sometimes things are you sometimes you don't need an explanation. Sometimes Best things just feel right. They feel yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. Well that was good that was good to kind of p- pitter pit her against her contemporaries for a yeah.
0: while. Yeah, exactly. It puts her into context. I do um wonder where she's gonna go on this second album because this al- this album is so punk-driven. I wonder if she still has that restlessness to her because she said, um, she said, I literally wrote this album once everyone left me the fuck alone and stopped trying to tell me what to do. <laughs> and you can hear that in it. Like, even the way some of the drums, like, mo- like, the tempo of songs just move so quick. Her vocals are so kind of, like, just strong and, like... And bold she's really yelling at points it feels like, yeah, so you're like what what atmosphere is she going to give this time
1: well, I wonder whether yeah I feel like there's probably a bit of a juxtaposition between the, the the settings of making these two records because yeah she there was would have been so much frustration and anger towards people trying to box her in to be something yeah. that in two weeks she managed to scream out seven or eight tracks that they just mix mastered got got out there um and as as we said like they recorded the record in you know a couple of months before it actually came out the the majority of it so i i wonder whether she's in a completely like completely the opposite place now where she's had so much breathing room and she's proven that despite the chart success she's able to build she's built a global fan base People yeah. will come to the shows, people will buy the merch, people will stand. So she's probably been able to prove that freedom, and the record label's probably left her the fuck alone because it worked last time <laughs> and they just need to get back on it. Surely, though, at like eight, eight years later, they're kind of like, come on. Knocking <laughs> on the door. I feel like every record label has that artist that's just like, you can't drop them, you can't rush them. And there's just yes, an A and R A&R at doing? every record label that's got to do like the, the six monthly door knock of like check knock in. Knock <laughs> knock. <laughs> you ready? You ready? You ready yet? You ready? Uh, uh, another another year? Okay, cool. I'll come back. I'll <laughs> they, like there needs to be someone employed at every record label for that sole yeah. purpose to just check yeah. in on those artists. And Sky is one of them. Um. So yeah, I, I wonder whether the freedom that she's hopefully been afforded. Leading towards this record has actually allowed her to be a little bit more, maybe considered. Still loud and abrasive, but maybe a bit more considered in that approach. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated, and it really could go any way, couldn't it?
0: I love that. I mean, she almost needed that that kind of experience with the record label for this album to come out, and in a way, it kind of plays like an album that's a horror film of her experience of. Finding her place in the industry And getting away from the record label And I, I just Like she's so intense For all of it And she's so Obviously she knows what she wants Which is how she was able to kind of break free But she's writing from the perspective of somebody who's in a situation that she feels like she can't break free from. So it's this like horror story of being made to be a pop star, which is such a bizarre place to come from. But it works. And I actually like something that Pitchfork wrote about the album where they say she knows how to look listeners directly in the eye and get them to just listen to her. And you get that there was obviously so much time through her teens being in this record label saying what she wants to do and not being listened to that she's found this really unique and really intense way to get exactly what she wants to say through the music and that's so present throughout this album you never feel there's a moment where you're not being gripped by her like this is not background music at all i don't think
1: yeah oh absolutely not no this is a lean-in experience and it's not even a lean-in experience it's an i'm gonna grab you by the shoulders and make sure you're in this mosh pit with me yeah absolutely and i I love love that that it does that yeah
0: it's got like a punk rock aesthetic without taking the sound yeah
1: yeah that's exactly it it's an essential it's an essential listen and and it will make you listen it it stands the hairs up And I like an album like that because there's way too much background music. And I think in this era, there was a bit of background music going on. There was so much shit alternative pop. Yeah. Um, And I think even even for the Franks and the Solanges of the world, um, I I think they're they're lean-in records, but you had to do the leaning. Yeah. You had to make the space and make the time to consume those records properly and... You, and then I feel once you've consumed them properly then they kind of become background music but in a really good way yeah. they sort of soundtrack you know cruisy Sunday mornings and yep. quiet nights in and stuff whereas this record is one of those when you ha- when you, you you're off your rockers a little bit
0: oh yeah you need, a b-
1: you need to be put back in your place but in a really positive and optimistic
0: way yeah I think I'm not putting a this, of this on when the parents are over for dinner yeah
1: I think as well, there's maybe an adjacency to, that we've been talking about how she, you know, she knew herself and she dis- she had discovered herself to the point of knowing exactly what she wanted this record to sound like and talk about. But maybe there's an adjacency to her learning how to deal with the music industry and navigate the industry is probably also equal to her learning who she is as a person. Yeah, her learning definitely. who she is as an artist probably was happening at exactly the same time as discovering who she is as a person at that really pivotal age. And I think that's a really interesting one and I think that makes a really true genuine artist Definitely. when they've literally lived their life trying to, you know, work out and prove to people and and verbalize who they are and what they yeah. want to be known for and what their identity is. Um, you know, that that's a true artist because it's it's you know, you're not just the artist, you're also the human being and trying to let people know who
0: that human being is. Yeah, totally. That's that's a perfect description of it, I think. Thank you. Which I won't throw out that praise often. Um, <laughs> let's run through this game. Basically, yes. it's going to be a quick one. I'm going to give you either a quote from Sky Ferreira on her forthcoming album and its whereabouts or a quote from Rihanna on her forthcoming album and its whereabouts. <laughs> and you have to tell me who said what.
1: I love this. Okay,
0: uh, I like to antagonize my fans a little bit.
1: That sounds very much like a Rihannaism um, because she knows she's got the balance of power here that we're not going to get bored of waiting for it and we're not going to switch off from her. Yep. That feels like a Rihannaism.
0: That is a Rihannaism. Yes. Okay, the next one is glue your wigs.
1: See, that glue your wigs is telling me album's done and mastered, and the label has it. If it says glue, if it's glue your wigs, that's not. I'm still in the process of working out what it's going to be. That's I can done tell you album. that this
0: was said years ago by was oh, said it.
1: Painful. Uh, oh, I would suggest that the use of glue your wigs feels more of a Rihannaism than a skyism. That said, I don't know enough of sky's online and verbal persona to know but i'm gonna say rihanna it was sky
0: she tweeted it with a picture of her record label (laughs) the next one is my album is starting to shape up quite nicely inside of my head (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: all just trolls (laughs) a lot of trolls. trolls um that feels very rihanna to me
0: that was said by sky Come on. Come on, Sky. Final one. Everything so is so head. heavy. The world that we live in is a lot. It's overwhelming every single day. And with the music, I'm using that as my outlet.
1: That sounds like Lana Del Rey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would suggest,
1: I'd suggest that's more of a Sky, though. Rihanna doesn't like to let people know that she's feeling like the world's too heavy. Rihanna just gets it done and puts a new line of Fenty Beauty out. So I'm going to say Sky said that
0: well, well on this occasion it was rihanna talking really? about her new lip kit no
1: <laughs> <laughs> the world's a heavy place coronavirus is a real thing you guys here's some new glossy lipstick
0: <laughs> here's to some help bad play. bitch bust red lipstick, <laughs> <laughs> bad bitch, boss, red lipstick. Oh, dear. okay i, I was terrible at that game <laughs> you were terrible at that game yeah that's what. that's probably the worst you've ever done how yeah. terrible how heavy oh your weld will be today. Um, all right, give me a score out of 10. Favorite and least favorite. Nine and a half out of 10. It's
1: very Whoa. hard to find a floor. Very, very hard to find a floor. And it's aging beautifully as well. Favorite track, I blame myself. As we discussed, I just feel like I connected with that song more than more than pretty much anything else. And you know, there's definitely a lot of points of connection on this where I have felt similar emotions. "You're Not the One" is definitely one of those. Yeah, um, thinking think you've met the one at 21 is always a, a bit like knowing that, you, that they're not the one, but still having felt for a little <laughs> while like they might be with the one. Um, least favorite song on the album. I'm gonna ask your least favorite song on the album first because I I want to know whether it matches mine. So you okay. give me your. You get, oh, and yeah, I've done my score. So you give me your score, your best and your worst. and I want to see if it matches.
0: Okay, I think my least favourite's either Christine or Amonko.
1: Interesting. Okay. Christine's probably second least favourite.
0: Least favourite is title
1: track. Okay. Yeah. Just, nah. Slower. Slower. Yeah. It just it ruins the flow for me. It's a skippable. IMO. Yeah. Christine, Christine, I am Christine. Christina, I kind of like the like it's it's still a bit it's still up there and it's still a bit like it's a bit off kilter. It's probably a more punky edge yeah. to the record, yeah. and I kind of like that. Um, yeah, but I, I, the title track's just not hitting for me.
0: Okay, yeah, I get that. Thank I you. am also going to go nine and a half out of ten. Love this album. Maybe yes. one of the favorite my, my favorite that we've done. And in terms of the best song, like. Pff- Take Your Pick, You're Not The One, Um, Love In Stereo, Nobody Asked Me If I Was Okay. One of those three, I would say. (laughs) But they're not Get Me On A Different Day. It could be 24 hours or Ain't You Right. Who knows?
1: And ain't that the beauty of this record and this artist? Bring on this new Sky era.
0: Yes. Do you reckon it could happen today? Probably not. You know who just released a new song? Who? My Chemical Romance So it could did certainly they? happen They did
1: Anything could happen Or oh, yeah. actually New Music Friday Is Since currently we a green Since found out Look Look, it's green it, That's it's currently Kendrick, green, though oh, They're they not going to put Kendrick. Sky on the cover of that What if they put Sky like, On the cover oh, You never know <laughs> um, I am oh, I'm, I'm open to it being today But I'm also open to being next week She's taken enough time I can wait another couple of weeks If I we need to
0: Yeah yeah, all right.
1: We'll wait. <laughs> and ain't that on that. <laughs> um, subscribe. Tell your friends about the pod. Go back on other episodes. Find the albums that you love. They're evergreen episodes. And follow at FlopstarsPod on Instagram. I will remember the password this week and send it to Sam so that content can go up. That's my Do goal. Do we have it yet? I feel like you yeah, did send me Yeah, I made it. It's, password, got seven follow- it's got seven followers, but I can't find the password. I don't, and uh, I don't remember what it was.
0: Oh, we've got so, seven followers. Seven followers. Thank you, friends. Wow. And family. If you add NFT to the title, we'll get about 300 more. <laughs> I'm never adding
1: NFT to the title of Flopstars. And I know you're an NFT stan, but I'm not adding it. <laughs> I'm not a stan. Yeah, you are. Big NFT stan. I'm
0: an observer. You're a big, um, dirty NFT stan. Yeah, with all my NFTs. Going back to cuddle my bored ape. <laughs> you need 15 slurps for that. I don't know.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs)